Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hey there, healthy gardeners. Hope you're having a fantastic day. I know that I am. And welcome to episode number 16 of The Healthy Garden Podcast. And today we're going to talk about gratitude. Um, for me, one of the things that I'm most grateful for in my life is that I've had some amazing people turn me on to gardening and turn me on to what it meant to get into the soil, into plants, into understanding the world around me a little bit better and to look at it from the perspective of the garden, of the soil, of design. Did you guys know that this month is uh, National Gratitude Month? And it has been uh, since August of 2015. It's on our national calendar. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Of why do we need a National Gratitude Month? The attitude of the guys that created this is simple. That gratitude is more than simply saying thank you. Gratitude's amazing powers, they have the ability to shift us from focusing on negative to appreciating what is positive in our lives and practicing daily gratitude gives us a deeper connection to ourselves, to the world around us, and to our creator. And today's episode is an homage to those people who have changed my life in a positive way forever by putting a shovel in my hand or, or pointing out to me how those plants together all work really, really well or how soil actually works. And for those people, I am eternally grateful. Hey there, new stewards of the earth. Fall is for composting, and that means it's time for Booze Blend Biodynamic Compost. It's farm-made, organic, true organic, biodynamic, and non-GMO. And it's screened to an eighth of an inch, which is the perfect size for a finished compost to compost your fall garden. So it's loaded with tons of beneficial microbes, um, which are naturally occurring, and that means it offers a food source for the microbes in your soil, and it's also a great source of clean organic matter. You can get the one cubic foot size of Booze Blend Biodynamic Compost at your local nursery, or you can get the six quart or 12 quart bags of Booze Blend Biodynamic Compost online at malibucompost.com forward slash shop. So gratitude is defined by my dear old pals at Merriam-Webster who've been around for eons as the state of being grateful, thankfulness. It comes from Latin, from gratis. 
And it also has a, a piece of that. It has to do with grace. Gratitude is a great thing. Psychologically, the Harvard doctors agree. They wrote an article uh, back in 2011 called In Praise of Gratitude. And one of the things that they talk about in there is that gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether it's tangible or intangible. So things like gardening to us, right, very tangible. Things like going to the beach, and listening to the waves and closing our eyes and hearing the birds and, 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 and feeling the breeze, that's kind of an intangible and a tangible. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. In the process, they usually recognize that the source of that goodness lies at least partially outside themselves. As a result, gratitude also helps people connect to something larger than themselves, like nature, like other people like the garden, or like their higher power. In a positive psychology research that was done, they say gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, and improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. A couple of different psychologists, Dr. Emmons and Dr. McCullough, um, have done a lot of research on gratitude. And interesting study that they did, they asked people to write down some sentence for several weeks. And in one group, they wrote about the things that they were grateful for. Group number two wrote about the things that displeased them. Group number three wrote about the things that affected them. After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. They also exercised more, wanted to be outside more, and had fewer visits to physicians than the other two groups. Gratitude can also improve relationships. There have been studies that talk about how couples, when they take the time to express their gratitude for their partner, felt not only more positive towards the other person, but also about expressing things in their relationships. Simple things about gratitude, like managers who remember to say thank you to the people who work for them. In studies from the Wharton Business School, they have found that the employees feel more motivated to work harder for those managers. And also, they've shown that when people go out and, and do sales, they did a study, another study at Wharton, and they showed these guys that were trying to get money for University of Pennsylvania from different alumni. They had one group that just got on the phone like they did every day. And then they had another group who had one of their managers come in and give them a pep talk and tell them how great they were and how exciting this was and what the money was going to do that they were going to raise for the University of Pennsylvania. And guess what happened? The guys with a positive message, they made 50% more in their fundraising efforts. Here are some of the things that you can do that you can make yourself happier and appreciate a little bit of gratitude every single day. You can write a thank you note. And what that does is it helps you nurture relationships with other people by writing that and expressing your appreciation, your enjoyment, and, and that that impacted your life. For whatever that issue was or thing was, you send it or you deliver it or even better, read it in person to them. Once in a while, you know what? Write one to yourself. Thank someone mentally. 
if something comes across your mind, you're out in the garden, you're hanging out, you're working, you're looking at stuff, you're digging, and you think back to that person that first put a shovel in your hands, thank them mentally. Send that positive energy. Keep a gratitude journal. If you're a person that needs to remember stuff like that, write a journal. Count your blessings. You know, sometime during the week, most likely when you're out in the garden, sit down for a second and just listen to everything and just count your blessings off. Pray. One of the things that I do every single day is I get up and I pray. The other thing I do every day is I meditate. So mindful meditation is a great way to just focus on what you're grateful for. Love, the sun, your family, your life. I have to laugh. The one thing that the guys, the docs from Harvard forgot was gardening. Okay, they forgot that. I guess none of those guys are gardeners, but if they were, they would have known to put that on the list, things that you can do. Coming up next are stories about those people who turned me on to gardening, and I am so grateful to them that they did. It's Norma, a biological farmer and the producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. By 2010, I had learned about GMOs, chemical and synthetic fertilizers, and the dangers of our inability to get nutrients from our food. So this season, I'm grateful for Malibu Compost, for their line of true organic, non-GMO, biodynamic, and farm-made products for our gardens for my clients' gardens, and my family's health. I'm grateful for their continued force in our soil industry that is filled with lies about what is truly organic, and I'm grateful for their persistence in making quality, superior products for our health, our soil, and our planet. So when I was 12 years old, I met this guy in 1970 named Sid Galper. And he was of Galper, Balden Associates, and he was they were an architectural landscape design firm. And Sid Galper was one of the most iconic and most famous landscape architects in Los Angeles along with his partner. They also they did so many of the of the major estates and homes in Los Angeles, so many of the big gardens uh, throughout Los Angeles that are famous. They were an amazing group. They were my dad hired them to do our backyard in Pacific Palisades, California. 
And I remember coming home from school one day and meeting this guy who was walking around measuring everything. And we started this relationship. And what happened was over that nine to 12 months that they installed the project, Sid did the designs, they came out and did all of these things and transformed our backyard into an amazing place. It opened my eyes up to all kinds of possibilities when it came to, to landscaping and movement and the movement of flowers and the movement of trees and how trees block things out. And I was 12. You know, it was huge. Then I met a guy named Russ Reed, who was a close family friend. And he was another amazing landscape architect. He he taught me a lot about design and style. He actually was the guy that um, created uh, the company Patchouli back in the in the 70s, and um, which was you know had worldwide success. And Russ was an amazing character. What Russ did was he he showed me that you can just be free. Be free in your creativity. Be free with what you see and let it come. That followed up with a guy named Dennis Turner, who I met uh, while I was doing landscaping. And um, we did a lot of projects together in Malibu and all over the west side of Los Angeles. And Dennis has done projects all over the, all over the globe. He is a, he's a renowned landscaper, a genius as well. And he was one of the first people I knew that was doing, envir doing environmental consulting when it came to landscaping and landscape design. And he has a, a started an eco consortium of people who were committed to creating great environmental landscapes. Dennis's work uh, with natural landscapes and ecological landscapes not only inspired my uh, work in the landscape business, but what it did further is it inspired me in terms of looking for good soil, looking for um, the best inputs that we can put into gardens and grow things as best as we can. And that's what led us to Malibu Compost. That's one of the inputs. That's one of the influencers on, on me in terms of beginning that company. The fourth person on my list that really, really excited me and changed me was William Shakespeare. No, I never met him. No, I'm not that old, but I'm a huge fan. Macbeth, the tragedy is one of my favorites ever. The Midsummer Night's Dream is my favorite comedy of his. And that's from 1595. Shakespeare mentioned two plants 200 times in his plays and in his sonnets. He knew the power of, of plants to elicit emotion, tell stories, it was amazing. And back then, plants meant a lot to people because a lot of it was medicinal for them. Today, we're lucky if people know the famous line from Romeo and Juliet, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Most people don't even know what the heck that is. Shakespeare mentioned roses 95 times in his work, followed by oak trees 36 times, apples 24 times. If you want a great book and want a great gift for someone, one of the great books that I was given was called A Botanical Shakespeare by Miss Garrett Cooley and the foreword by Helen Mirren. It's an amazing, amazing book. Number five on my list of people that changed my life, Rudolf Steiner. I learned a lot about soil and the whole concept of 
well, Steiner created Bidynamics. So I learned the whole concept of a closed loop system from Steiner. I had done a whole bunch of landscape design and landscape build myself through over the years. And as I was starting to move away from the landscaping and get into much more of the soil, it was Steiner who, who, who is, is the voice that called to me. He was one of the first public figures to warn about the widespread use of chemical fertilizers and uh, would talk about the decline of soil, plant and animal health, and the devitalization of food. Amazing. Our compost company, Malibu Compost, uses the biodynamic preparations uh, in every single ounce of compost that we produce, and it has amazing effect and influences on the soil and on the energies that it creates on the properties. Number six would be my gram, my grandmother, who I called Graham, uh, and the Lenny Lenape Indians. Gr my gram got me into gardening. She was the one that first put me out there and, and let me kind of, you know, play around in her garden and see what was up. And I learned a lot from her. She was amazing. The Lenape Indians were the Indians that were the tribe that was around. Um, They're the Delaware Indians. And where I grew up in New Jersey, they were the tribe that was that inhabited New Jersey. And so much of what we learned from them about um, gardening and about having cultivated domesticated plants like maize, which is corn, beans and squash, pumpkins, sunflowers, they were the first uh, tribe that I ever knew about that disposed refuse in pits. They dug pits like we, we do composting pits in third world countries and in other places and in jungles. They never wasted anything and they were huge gardeners. Gardeners contributed a lot to the Lenape Indians and they contributed to me and to my life. Number seven is Alan York. Alan York is the biodynamic viticulturist that I went to and I met up at Benzinger Vineyards in Sonoma County. And I'll never forget meeting Alan. He, he took me around the vineyard and we walked the whole site and he showed me one of the things he was most proud of, the insectary. It was the first time that I had ever seen an insectary grown for a thousand acre vineyard or a thousand acre site that was going to go ahead and bring in the beneficial insects and the birds and the wildlife necessary to keep the fertility of that soil going. It was an amazing thing. He also talked to me about biodynamics and, and, and let me know that it was a practical thing to do. It was also a spiritual thing to do. And he was an amazing guy who I am forever indebted to. He turned me on to the first farm that I ever went to to make biodynamic compost on. And that was, that was another, another story for another day. The last person on my list is Bob Kennard from Green Strings Farms. An amazing farmer. He's a guy who his motto is 50% for us, 50% for nature. And what he does, he means he grows weeds. He lets things go back to seed. He lets things go back into nature. And he is one of the greatest farmers that I ever met. He, I met him at the Bioneers Conference years ago. He's been for about 30 years the veteran farmer for um, uh, Chez Panisse, for Alice Waters. And he believes in a lot of the things that I believe in. He amends soil with crushed volcanic rock and oyster shell minerals. He's a huge advocate for compost tea. 
He says that plants are naked. They tell us everything about their health if we pay attention. I don't like telling the plants what to do. It's better to give them a, a choice. And I agree with him. Bob Kennard is beyond organic. Bob Kennard is a, an amazing farmer. And all these people that I just listed for me are so important and have changed my life. We hope that this episode gives you pause to reflect on the people who inspired you to garden and hopefully the people that you're inspiring to garden. And what we're doing is as a whole group of gardeners, we are creating a world, a planet, a place that we all garden with gratitude. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening.